Hello, hello, and welcome to the 10 Minute Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Stefan. Thank you so much for checking us out. Let's get right into it. So I was thinking this week of, you know, Carmelo Anthony doesn't really have a place in the NBA anymore. So what is something that we could use him for? You know, so he's still involved in the game of basketball, but, you know, maybe he's not just sitting at home drinking wine. And I was thinking, like, what if we appoint him to be the official brand ambassador of the NBA? You can put him in, like, TV commercials. You can make a YouTube series where he goes to all these, like, far corners of the world and tries to spread the game of basketball. You know, maybe, like, Antarctica, organizing the first, like, basketball game in Antarctica. Or maybe he's going to, like, New Zealand and, like, seeing where, like, Steven Adams grew up. Or, you know, Iceland or, like, China or Russia. You know, all these, like, really cool places and bring, you know, the NBA to these really cool places. You know, it could be sponsored by the Jordan brand since he's a Jordan athlete. And at every location, you could have him call in, you know, another Jordan athlete, whether it's like Russ or Jimmy Butler or, you know, whoever may be, Chris Paul. And, um, you know, he can like have them instruct, you know, whoever he's with, whether it's a random Joe out on, you know, a pickup court or a scientist down in Antarctica, you know, or whatever. He could instruct these guys, you know, on how and girls on how to, you know, do a special move, whether it's like, you know, Russ's like pull up jumper from like 15 feet or like Chris Paul, like how he threads the needle, you know, um, things like that. So I think this would be a great place because uh, a great position for him because he gets to still be involved in the NBA. But we all know that, you know, there's no way that he could help a team win an NBA championship this year or any other year uh, simply because he's too old and he doesn't play defense. And he takes a lot of shots that aren't high percentage shots at any point in the current NBA. So that's just my thoughts. Melo, we'd love to have you as a brand ambassador of the NBA. You know, he's a guy, he, you know, is a renaissance man. I think this would be a great look, you know, for all parties involved. Let's talk about the Golden State 76ers game. You know, I had a chance to watch it. And I think the 76ers showed the blueprint for how to beat the Golden State Warriors. You know, the 76ers slowed the game down, went into the post for Joel Embiid, you know, went one-on-one, slowed the game down tremendously. You know, they prayed for an off night, you know, for Steph or KD, and they got it with KD having a huge off night. Uh, You know, Klay Thompson didn't play. They made Draymond Green shoot the three, literally just didn't let him drive into the lane. Um, they got Boogie in foul trouble with, you know, messed with his head. Um, and they got a lot of offensive defensive rebounds. And I think, you know, that is going to be the key to beat Golden State going forward because, you know, you can't necessarily run with them offensively. And Golden State gets a lot of points from, you know, running the floor, um, turning up, you know, right away, Draymond getting the rebound, just outlet pass, you know, going up the floor, getting a lot of, you know, spot up threes, things like that. So if you can slow the game down and you can get both offensive defensive rebounds, you know, you have the chance if some of these other guys have off nights to really beat them, you know, and, and the score for that game was like pretty low uh, compared to what they usually score. So I think a lot of teams were watching this game and seeing, you know, that they may be able to match up well with you know, Golden State, um, because, you know, if if Golden State sticks to the only way that they play basketball um, and they have an off night, it can turn into 
a Houston Rockets game seven that we saw last year where the Rockets stuck to their game plan. They weren't willing to change. And what happens? They, you know, brick 25 threes and end up losing, you know, by however many they lost in game seven and not getting a chance to go to the NBA finals. So um, kudos to the 76ers for pulling out that game and really exciting, I think, to see if other other teams implement this game plan into how they're going to play in the future. I want to talk about trades really quick. You know, we have the huge news with Anthony Davis saying he's not going to sign an extension to stay in New Orleans. And we also had um, the trade where the Mavs, you know, were able to um, get the unicorn and they traded away, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. and um, DeAndre Jordan um, and some other players to the Knicks you know, for the unicorn. Um, So let's talk about those trades real quick. First of all, um, how did we get to the situation with Anthony Davis? Um, You know, here's what a lot of people would say a once in a lifetime type player. You know, he's six foot 11, has the handles of a point guard, you know, can bump down in the post down low if he needs to, but also can step out and shoot the three, you know, has a seven six wingspan or something insane like that this is a guy who has all the things if you're creating a player in the current nba you know in the laboratory this is a player that could be a prototype for that you know someone who is very versatile can play all five positions if they needed to you know and can do it well um but here is exactly how we got here is that anthony davis signed his extension way too early you know, I think he was on a rookie deal, and within two years, the, the Pelicans went to him and was like, here, sign this massive extension. We want you, you know, to stick with us, um, which was good, obviously, for him because he got guaranteed money right away and wasn't playing on a rookie deal. But it was also bad because it, you know, pushed back his free agency, you know, another two to three years. And and that wasn't good for him because it didn't give him the chance necessarily to really look around and evaluate the franchise of, is this a place where I want to be? Is this a place where I can win? And I think as he sees a lot of people um, in the NBA and in his, you know, maybe in his draft class, maybe, you know, guys that come in the league around him or after him, you know, being able to go to the NBA finals and play, you know, and being able to get MVPs and things like that. You know, he's looking around going, I'm one of the best players in the league and I don't have an MVP to show for it. I don't have an NBA championship to show for it. And so I'm going to need something more than just a lot more money because, you know, I could sign this deal and still be unhappy and we could be bottom, you know, two in the West or whatever. Um, And so I think that is on him because he could have been smarter and said, you know what, I'm not going to play out my rookie deal. You know, I'm going to take out insurance on myself if I get injured or whatever. And I'm really going to evaluate this franchise after five years and see if, you know, maybe there's another place I want to play. And so I think part of that's on him. I think also part of it is also on New Orleans because they haven't been very good at necessarily surrounding him with players, with drafting players well and developing players. Let's just took a take a look at what they've been able to do just through the draft. And so since Anthony Davis, where they drafted him number one overall, the Pelicans have only had three picks in the first round. And those three players that they've drafted are Austin Rivers, and he only played for three seasons for a total of 165 games out of a possible 246. So his first year, he played about 60 games, you know, and his second and third year, he was out consistently with injuries. They also drafted Buddy Heald, 
um, you know, and they also drafted Nerlens Noel, which they actually turned into Drew Holiday. So that's, you know, pretty decent drafting, I would say. But what you notice is that none of those players are still on the New Orleans Pelicans. They've all been traded away for some other player. You know, in the case of Nerlens Noel, they brought in Drew Holiday, which is good. But it's looking that if they're going to go full tank, they're going to ship him off too. Um, and so they're not being able to draft players, you know, evaluate talent very well, draft players, and develop them to stay in New Orleans. And so besides those three number one draft picks, they've always drafted in the lower second round every year. And none of the guys that they've drafted are even still on the Pelicans, and some of them aren't even still in the NBA. So what does that say about the front office? That they're not doing a good job of evaluating talent, first off. They're not doing a very good job of developing talent, second off. And they're not putting the right pieces around um you know, Anthony Davis to make him want to stay, to make him better, um, allow him to make his team better and for them to succeed, to go to the next level. Now, I know a lot of you are going to say, well, you know, wait on it, wait a second, because last year they did tremendously well. And I will say, yes, of course they did. You know, they swept Portland in the first round, which was phenomenal. And look at what their, how their roster was created. They had a veteran player in Rondo who they trusted to run the offense, someone who was not selfish with the ball, who was willing to put it exactly where players need it. They had Boogie Cousins, you know, who would draw double teams away from Anthony Davis, you know, and was re- playing extremely well until he got hurt. You know, they had Drew Holiday, who was able to play exceptionally well, you know, as a two guard, sometimes as a point guard when Ronda was out. And they had Anthony Davis and some other guys. And so they were able to use that nucleus of four players to really draw the double teams away from Anthony Davis, get him in one-on-one opportunities, allow him to score, you know, a lot of points, but also spread the floor so they could, you know, get points themselves. You know, this offseason when they, you know, let Rondo go, they let Boogie Cousins go, you know, all of a sudden, you know, that doesn't allow the double teams to be drawn away. That clogs up the lane. You know, it forces the offense to go solely through, you know, Boogie Cousins. You know, you're not necessarily surrounding him with quality players. You put a player like Julius Randle, who, you know, a lot of Laker fans will love. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know, I'm not totally sold on him. I think he can stuff the stat sheet, but I think he clogs up the lane. He plays the game only one way. He's not a good passer. You know, his defense isn't very exceptional. And it's just not a way that you want to surround Anthony Davis with players. And so here's the thing. Anthony Davis still has 18 months left on his contract. So I think it was kind of smart that he told the Pelicans that he wanted to be traded because it allows them to get the most amount of draft picks of players that they want to get for him. But also I think it's dangerous because it allows the Pelicans to look at him and say, listen, you have one mechanism as a player to go play wherever you want. And that's free agency. And you're still our player for the next 18 months. So if they really wanted to, they could take Anthony Davis. They could ship him off to Orlando for a bunch of terrible draft picks, terrible players, and really kind of screw him over because when he's in new Orleans, you know, or when he's in Orlando, you know, he has the risk of injury. He has the risk of, you know, breaking something of not playing well. And then when he wants to actually go to the Lakers and free agency, the Lakers could have used up all their cap room. They could have said, you know, we actually don't really want you because we have, you know, a player that plays maybe not as good as you, but plays your exact position for 
less than twice the cost that it's going to cost to sign you. And so I think it's a really dangerous game to play if you know for sure that they're not going to put a contract in to let you go to the team you want to right away. And so I think you're going to see a really big standoff coming between the Pelicans and the Lakers because the Pelicans have no reason to trade him to the Lakers at all. You know, they're going to get back players that they may not want, that may not fit in their system, you know, and they're just going to have to trade those players anyway for draft picks, you know, whereas a team like Boston who can get in on the sweepstakes this summer, they could offer a lot more with players that they've seen that, you know, perform at a high level, have already been to an Eastern Conference final, you know, without Kyrie, you know, are willing to play and play hard. And that's a team that you want to build a solid nucleus around. And so that's it for me this week on the 10 Minute Basketball Podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out and have a wonderful week.